Please pray with me. God of abundance, God who provides us with free will, remind us of your presence. Renew our sense of urgency and longing for you. Restore the parts of our bodies that need a revival. All this we ask in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. You know, you get all these, so many different mics, uh, you don't really know which one to, what we're keeping up with. So as I was walking up, I just saw uh, the little cushion to the mic. So I'm going to set it down so I don't lose it. Uh, well, it's hard to change the opening statement of my sermons because it feels as if every time I use the phrase, what a week, it is fitting. Feels like we add another thing to our lives. We have gone from one extreme to the other, and probably in more than one way. From high temperatures to low, from joyful moments to ones of frustration, from perhaps experiencing your first time with some snow to no running water. And that's just some of us here in this state. I am sure others are also experiencing things. And now the second Sunday in Lent, that like Reverend Hannah mentioned to us before, feels like it has not ended since it started in 2020. We still continue this journey together. And extremes also seem to be in our lessons today. We start with Abraham and Sarah, God making a covenant with them, and Abram does not use words, but welcomes this by falling on his face. Abraham had faith. Abraham believed God's words, I will make, I will bless her. And from this promise, we go to Paul's letter to the Romans. Paul here name, naming Abraham as the ancestor of the faithful, for he, hoping against hope, believed what God said to him. Our lesson reminds us of Abraham's current circumstances when God made this covenant with him. Paul, old of age, and Sarah, barren. But Abraham grew strong in his faith, and gave glory to God. And then we get to our gospel, where Mark's style of writing reminds me a little bit about a little of mine, somewhat dry and sometimes direct and with limited details. In the first verse, Jesus openly tells the disciples what will take place. Here, the start of this painful journey. And then there's Peter, who rebukes Jesus. So there are at least four points that I want to make this morning. Faith directly connects us with God. Faith also calls us into action. Our faith will carry us. And lastly, Peter is loved. The characters in our lessons today seem to be on opposite ends of what it means to remain faithful. 
Abraham believes that he is the ancestor of a multitude. And then Peter, a disciple. Now I want to think that I am like Abraham, especially during this past year, fully trusting. But I think that I'm a little more like Peter with my actions. Faith says one thing, but our actions say something else. Now, I know that this also probably comes from a place of us just being really tired. We know from the Gospel of Mark that the disciples are really struggling to understand Jesus' teachings. I have felt like Peter. I am listening and seeing the things going on around the world, and I get upset. Or I have to go back and remind myself of who Peter is especially in Christianity. Peter called to be a disciple. Peter is among the first to be called by Jesus and is the first to recognize him as the Messiah, along with James and John, the sons of Zebedee. He remains with Jesus as he prays. The same three apostles were earlier present at the Transfiguration when Moses and Elijah appear alongside Jesus whom God declares to be his son. Now it could be that the disciples had a different idea of God. They got a Jesus who walked with all, who healed, who fed. Peter's role in this whole gospel is of one who fails, is penitent, is forgiven, and is restored. Theologian Richard Bockham calls Peter the most fully characterized individual in Mark. It is Peter's prominence as a character that allows him to be a disciple with whom the reader, all of us, can connect. Peter is named in the gospel far more than any other disciple, a model of discipleship. He notes a turning point in the gospel of our lesson today beginning with Jesus and his disciples going out to the region of Caesarean Philippi. This setting is significant for two reasons. First, it is the farthest point from Jerusalem and Mark's gospel, and the place from which Jesus begins his southward journey to Jerusalem, and therefore his death. As the geography shifts, so too does the thematic focus of Mark. From this point onward, the gospel is increasingly punctuated by language of the cross, of suffering, conflict, and death. And here, then comes Jesus' response. The disciples maybe thought that Jesus would come and free Israel, perhaps even triumph at a historical level. But Jesus speaks of a different triumph. So we can imagine why Peter responded the way that he did. I know I have prayed to a God that I think should be doing more, sometimes even trying to negotiate with God. Our desire for more is similar, perhaps, to the disciples in Mark's gospel. Seeking power, thinking that that strength is what is to be valued. But our gospel reminds us that if we are to follow Jesus, we must take our cross and follow. Jesus is reminding us what it is all about. 
throughout all the Gospels, we see that Jesus is teaching, healing, and most importantly, serving and loving others. A love that saves. In Jesus, we have the example of all of these things. We are called to the path that Jesus himself traveled. And Jesus uses Peter to also remind us of this. Reminding us to follow behind. Jesus tells us, whether implicitly or explicitly, that we are also to be in action. That our faith is what we are to hold on to. That we will not always get it right. That we will not always understand. That when I get it wrong, and that when I am overwhelmed, and when I am upset at reading at current events and current news, and feel the anger of an 11-year-old dying in our state due to lack of power, and angry at girls being kidnapped, and I say a few words that I probably shouldn't, God still wholeheartedly calls me to follow behind, to take action in the ways that I can, to move forward admitting my own sins and to make it better for others. God calls each and every one of us to do the same. Grace for yourself and also grace to ask for forgiveness and stepping into making things different for others. So as we continue to journey through this season of Lent, let us follow and carry our burdens with one another. Let us remember that Peter, who failed Jesus more than once, repented and was forgiven. Let us hold on to hope and grow strong in faith like Abraham and Sarah, knowing and trusting that Sunday is coming for us all. And I end today's message and in celebration of Black History Month with Maya Angelou's poem, Still I Rise, which was published in 1978 and I recently just saw it um, from some friends in the Diocese of Missouri. So if you want to go and see that, you, you can find it I th it's on Facebook and YouTube. But this poem with the message about resiliency, strength, faith, and beauty that black communities continue to show through hundreds of years of oppression and discrimination. Angelo's poem is still just as relevant today as it was in 1978 serving as a reminder to us all that through the collective pain and inequality, still we rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns, with the certainty of tides, 
Just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard, because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. Amen.